Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Geeks of the Machine Supernatural Edition. I'm your host, Jasmine, and today we are talking about Supernatural Season 8. This season featured so many different things. Yet again, you will hear only children discuss the dynamics of sibling relationships. Yay! We know exactly what we're talking about, don't worry. (laughs) We have personal experience from excessive TV watching. This is this is how sibling relations go, right? Also, if you want to hear more in depth about me talking about sibling relationships, check out the Black Lightning podcast where I discuss sibling relationships with someone who actually has siblings. <laughs> <laughs> um, but season eight takes off with Dean being gone for a year. And he's in purgatory. Cassiel immediately abandons him because Cassiel is the worst. And when Dean finally escapes, he has a vampire in tow. Were you excited when Dean finally escaped? Um, I feel like at season eight, excited's not the right word. It's probably along the lines of, well, I knew it was coming because these two can't stay dead. And lo and behold, Dean is out. Well, they're personal friends with death, so how can you stay dead when death's your friend? <laughs> I feel like there's so many factors working involving death as in the state, not as in the the being, whatever you want to call that, the reaper, I guess. Not a reaper, but the alpha reaper there. Um, I feel like there's so many things involved there that he's not the only one that has the say in whether he stays dead or not. But he's the hid one, <laughs> so his vote is the only one that really matters. <laughs> Yeah, but did he have a hand in this one? I mean, technically, no. Um, We also find out that once Dean finds his way back to Sam, Sam has retired and didn't really look for Dean and didn't care about his brother. He was just like, oh, Dean's gone. Dean's dead. Deuces. He is the worst brother ever. Like, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> On the one hand, maybe it's time one of you stay dead. On the other hand, we knew you were coming back. I don't need to look for you at this point. It's just a chore. It's like going and sweeping the porch. I don't really need to, do I? Dean I has back. always looked for Sam. I Sam... know, and maybe he should stop too, because for God's sake, you guys, stop. <laughs> Sam is just like, oh, guess you'll come back eventually. Let somebody I'll just go else on about my life. I'll just go on about my life. I feel like somebody else should be given a chance to walk out of hell or purgatory for once and not one of the Winchester brothers. <laughs> well, they escaped. He didn't let him out. And, like, he was he was scarred. Well, still. I mean, they keep, it's, you know, there's no prison on hell or earth or heaven that can hold these guys. and maybe Or outside be of heaven. But, I know, right? Jeez. But, you know, we're not talking about that yet. <laughs> Stay Spoilers. tuned for another season. <laughs> um, Dean discovers that Kevin was kidnapped by Crowley and abducted months ago, and Sam was like, "What? He took the, he took Kevin? What? I have I have a very low bar for Sam, as you may have 
figured out based on these series of podcasts. <laughs> this is season eight. Maybe they're not sure yet. <laughs> but at the very least, he should have known where Kevin was and that he was okay. Yeah, I agree with that, especially because Kevin is so young, and I know he's kind of an annoying teenager with teenager angst, but that doesn't mean he deserves to die and be captured by demons and held hostage and tortured. Not only that, how about the fact that the only reason that Kevin was trying to translate the tablet was for them in the first place? Like, they were the reason that he was like, okay, I'll do this for you. They are the reason he was dragged into the whole supernatural world anyway, so, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, at the very least, the bare minimum would be like, yeah, he's working at McDonald's now. He's all good. <sighs> of course, Dean is now pissed off. Like, how dare you lose Kevin? Rightfully so. Yeah, I'd be pissed like, too. <laughs> like, if anything, this should have been a time when they came to blows. Yeah, this is, you know, Sam, you had at least one job. At least one. And it was make sure the kid got home. And you didn't do that. Well, make sure he was safe. Like, even if you just checked in periodically. Yeah, and that, that'd still be fine. You don't have to... You can be retired and still check and make sure the kid's not possessed by something. Like, look at what happened with Dean when Dean was retired. He was still, like, solving the little crimes of his little neighborhood. Like, yeah, these things are happening. No. It's because they follow Dean. Presumably Appar Sam had a chill year. Apparently. Be and you would think that he, since Sam is the one with the demon blood. Nah, apparently they're just like, this guy's got this covered. Demon's right over there. I think we're fine. We don't need to work on that. <laughs> they think he's one of them, so they don't bother him. Mm, 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 mm. So when they finally go to find Sam, um, Sam and Dean go to find Kevin. He basically is like, yeah, by the way, uh, Crowley had another word of God. And it means closing hell forever and all demons will be stuck inside of it. Um, I've been busy, but thanks for not helping me, Sam. You're the worst. <laughs> I feel like that was paraphrased. <laughs> Did you like that? He was like, yeah, by the way, here's this thing that I got from the demons. Um, well, I feel like at, at some point, Supernatural, it keeps building on itself. And finding this new big thing and this new big thing. And initially that's not terrible. But you're reaching points where it's, you know, this will close the gates of hell forever. You know, given that you're in season eight, and I know this is not the last season, I don't really believe you. <laughs> well, no, they would just have another big bed, like the Leviathans or something come back. Yeah, but that's the problem. Like, I, I can't imagine Supernatural without demons, like... That's kind of their bread and butter at this point. Yeah, I'm sure a few of them would still be out. There would be a few who's like, I escaped through the tunnels of hell. You'll never keep me in, coppers. <laughs> yeah, but that's my point, because it's just, I, I don't believe you when you have something so finite and supernatural. Just, you have come back from the dead too many times, Winchesters. I don't believe anything you say. Nothing is final anymore. Well, Bobby didn't come back from the dead. <laughs> But I'd be still a ghost. Yeah, but he's still around. Eh, but he's not alive. Um, so then we skip over to Sam and Dean going on their Monster of the Week hunt. And Kevin is translating the tablet. 
to try to stop Crowley since Crowley basically killed everyone he loved and cared about and Sam abandoned him. So, yeah. Um, Sam and Dean's relationship is also challenged when Sam stops hunting because he's like, no one forced me to hunt. No one was around anymore. Dee, not Dean, not Castiel, and Bobby's dead. Kevin and Meg were missing, so, like, no one was like, you gotta go hunting, and I was like, I don't have to, so I'm gonna sit here with this woman. I mean, apparently demons aren't jumping down his throat like they are for Dean, so... Like, demons could not wait to jump Dean. They were, like, in a line, ready. And yet, Sam had a very peaceful year without demons bothering him. That gets me, actually. (laughs) I would really think it'd be the other way around. Well, he said there was no one to force him to hunt, and I guess the demons were like, well, you stopped hunting. No need to come after you and avenge our brethren. Really? Uh, But Dean stops hunting, and it's like, you know what? He's still there. Let's get him. (laughs) Everyone is coming after his family, people he care about, his kid. Like... (laughs) Poor Dean. I don't understand. It should be the other way around. It really should be. Um, and Sam is now upset with Dean because he is keeping in contact with Benny, who is the vampire that he escaped, he helped escape Purgatory. And Benny is trying to live without killing, but Benny is like, yeah, I miss Purgatory. So he and Dean have a real heart. I wish Benny was Dean's brother. Like, Benny is the best. I have a huge problem with Sam's reaction to Benny and it's just the fact that like Sam went on this huge what do you want to call it dramatic tantrum about um there's some that are worth saving and blah 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 blah. and now now he's like by the way there's this vampire and how dare you how dare you not kill that vampire how dare you be friends with him Sam shut up you you let a kitsune go that Dean later killed you have no you did the same thing you're just mad because now Dean's doing it yeah Mm. you had the idea first but so what yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if he had the idea first. He was just a kid, and the girl saved his life. So, a life for a life. Oh, I meant the later one, but in general, still, like, I don't. It doesn't need to be. He shouldn't be mad about it. He did the same thing. He, if he's willing to give the monsters other monsters a chance, he should be willing to give Benny a chance. Uh, and Benny, were you surprised that Benny was like, "I miss Purgatory." Like, I'm tired of being out here. I don't know how to survive. It sounded to me like he had been, for lack of a better word, institutionalized. Yeah, kind of. That's a, that's a good way to put it, I guess. I feel like he he got so used to the violence and defending himself down there that it's almost like he couldn't he couldn't live without that. Which I guess fits with Dean and his life for hunting. Well, I don't know. He could have became a hunter. A vampire hunter. <laughs> Benny, the vampire hunter. Who is also a vampire. <laughs> uh, I'd watch that series. <laughs> but I don't know. I think that it was an easy cop out. That he's like, I miss this. I miss like the constant fighting. You literally just got out. You li- like who wants to constantly fight? And also. How are you fighting? Where are you going once you get killed in purgatory? Do you just stay in purgatory? 
It's an endless cycle. You just die, and then you wake back up the next day, and you're like, all right, gotta kill another thing. Like, that's stupid. <sighs> like, the whole... Like, I don't know why anyone in Purgatory is just trying to kill each other. Because at that point, it's like, okay, I'm here, you're here. It's we over. should stop fighting and just chill right. out. And... Like, maybe not hold hands, but, like, maybe just as long as you don't do anything, I won't. Yeah, and just, like, you know, coexist. You don't have to kill each other at every time Every time you see each other, guys. Chill out. <laughs> like, wild animals aren't this insane. That is very true. Like, they'll stare you down for a while and maybe growl. Well, like, they don't want to get hurt. You don't want to get hurt. We'll just, you know, posture and then back away. <laughs> yeah, I'll just, like, you got this, champ. You don't gotta worry. I'm not gonna hurt you. Exactly. Why not just do that? Why not do that on Earth, frankly? Mm. Fair point. Uh, da 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 da. Um. Do 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 do. Da da da. Oh, okay. So in the flashback, we this season features uh, several flashbacks about Sam and Dean's year on Earth and Purgatory, respectively. So Dean, he's constantly fighting monsters every day for a year. Dean cannot catch a break. Like, whether he's in purgatory or on earth or wherever or hell he is. like uh, <laughs> something's after him like it, it, it i'm telling you this is another reason i dislike sam because literally sam did nothing every time dean goes away he's constantly fighting someone whether it's angels whether it's demons in hell or leviathans in purgatory See, all I'm hearing is that Supernatural and all the events that happened to Supernatural, Dean's fault. <laughs> Dean is a magnet for it, and apparently that's how that works out. I don't know. Uh, it should be Sam, but I don't understand. It really should. Like, as I keep saying, Sam has the demon blood. Like, that would make more sense than Dean just being a regular guy. And, like, all of these things keep happening to him because he's just regular Joe Blow from down the road. Is it because Dean wants to do it and wants to continue it? And Sam is like, no, I don't care. I don't want to be part of this. Is it just because Dean likes killing demons and wants to keep to going? Or So they're like, all right, fine. You want to do it? We'll do it. Oh, so it's basically he's drawing that energy towards him. I guess. I don't know. He's just got, apparently, he's just got a big billboard over his head that says, shoot me. <sighs> Uh, anyway, <sighs> Dean is fighting, and then Benny comes out of nowhere and saves him, and told him about a portal that can transport humans out of purgatory. I liked um Benny, like, and I appreciated that he had someone to lean on in his darkest time, who wasn't incompetent. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say that I like, I appreciate Benny, and I appreciate his um. This is. This is really silly, but I appreciate that he's this big badass vampire with such an adorable name. <laughs> like, this sounds like something you name a puppy, and you're like, thank you, Benny, you're a good boy. And he had an awesome accent, too. He had yes, the he Cajun accent. Yes, that was so cool. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Benny. Why couldn't Benny be the brother? Like, Why couldn't ugh. Benny at least stick around or have his own little spin-off series? I would watch that series. Benny in Purgatory. <laughs> I meant the one where he's hunting vampires as a vampire. That would be fun. <laughs> uh, 
Um, Dean and Benny ultimately find Castiel, who abandoned them. And he was like, and then Castiel had the nerve to say, I didn't want to be around you because they'd be coming for me. So I knew Castiel. that they would definitely, they would I mean, come from, they would attack you if I was closer to you. So I wanted to give you a fighting chance. Uh, Cass, they were going to attack him anyway. He's a Winchester. <laughs> Is Dean Winchester. Like maybe if it was Sam, they would have just curled up and been like, oh, no problem here. Yeah, they would have walked away. You could have been fine walking around with Sam. He would have repelled them. <laughs> like, uh, that bothered me. Because that was a cop-out. There's it a lot was... of them this season. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, the three of them um, fight their way past the Leviathans, who are still mad. Like, what you mad about? Like, you wasn't... You was not even out that long. Like... You gotta t- well, if anything, yeah, I'd be mad. I gotta taste the freedom, but I'm not like <laughs> killing you because you ruined my freedom. Like, but I did appreciate the level of detail that the Leviathans had. This does not seem like a detailed plan to just come at them one at a time. Well, and they start off so methodical when we first see them, and now down here they're just like, let's just run at them one at a time. That's easy to kill. No, that's. How respectful for you to have a one-on-one. That's not how that works. Yeah, like that's one thing I would definitely say. If I'm a villain and I know that you are alone, we're rushing you. It's going to be like eight people at a time. And if you happen to take out this eight, there's going to be another eight circling around. Can confirm from having played Overwatch, 1v6, not good. Don't do it. (laughs) (sighs) But anyway... They'd all, like, fight their way past Leviathan to a portal, but Castiel refuses to leave Purgatory because he wants to atone for his sins. Like, it's all his fault. Like, ugh! Castiel is like those priests that, like, whip their backs because of their sins. You know what I'm talking about? I do, and it fits with him being an angel in some ways, but at the same time, because it shows, like, some sort of devout attitude that he still possesses to have like he's still loyal to heaven and he's and some remorse about what happened a lot of remorse i guess it's just well he was the the new god so (laughs) yeah it's like we need to move on Cass. come on we need your we need your help okay you've got powers that we don't can you like we'll get you in some angel therapy and then and you can help us like i feel like this was just their way of not paying him as a guest co-host or whatever. Yeah, and in a way, kind of like clipping his wings so that he wouldn't be in the series as often, so you don't have to. So it's it's easy to write out. It's easy to write loopholes when Castiel closes them, and mm-hmm. that's not fun to watch after a while. But at the same time, you know, when it's so painfully obvious that having Castiel around would help, it's not fun to have him on the sidelines. And not even on the sidelines. He is so far. He immediately abandons Dean. And then he abandons Dean again at the end. Like, (laughs) I'm not going with you. I just wanted to make sure you got here okay. I am not a child, sir. Right? Like, come on, Cass. (sighs) I digress, because I could stay on this for a good little minute. Sam, however. <laughs> Which one's worse, Sam or Cass at this point? <laughs> Sam has retired from hunting and he met a woman and he's living a normal life with her. He is living with her. 
Let's not forget she's got an adorable puppy. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Were you surprised at this turn of events? No, because we know this is what Sam has always wanted. And I think what bothers me the most is that Dean, when he, when Sam died, Dean tried to live out what Sam would have wanted, but Sam doesn't return that favor. Sam would have, Sam instead follows his own, what he would have always wanted, which was getting out of hunting. And instead, he should have stayed hunting. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because, well, even if he didn't stay hunting, okay, even if he does retire, one, he should have looked for Dean, because Dean always looks for him. And two, he should have made sure that Kevin and the people that he cared about in the hunting world were okay. Yes, at so least he- checking in on them and, you know, open a spell book every now and then, see if you can find one of something that can bring Dean back, you know. Right. You don't have to be chasing down demons and interviewing them or torturing them for information. Just, you know. Maybe go see a, a psychic. Like, yeah, read a book. Like the minimal effort that you could do. Something along those lines. Like, it doesn't need to be, you know, guns ablazing, throwing knives everywhere. It doesn't need to be that. Mm, 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 mm. Um, ultimately, Amelia, the woman that Sam has been living with, discovers that her husband, who was presumed killed in action, was still alive. And Sam leaves to let her reunite with him. One, this was a year. So her husband, as far as she knew, was dead at least a year. How how is it that this... Side note, what happened to the life insurance policy and all the money that she got from him being dead? Did she have to pay that back? Like, I have so many questions about this. That is not where I thought you were going. (laughs) But my... (laughs) My point initially is, it's weird that he's been dead at least a year. And I I think they said he had amnesia, which is an easy cop-out. Like, like, let's say that she's heartless. Let's say that immediately, as soon as she saw Sam, the day after she buried her husband, she was like, yep, I need me some Winchester dick. I mean, it's apparently magical Winchester dick because this seems to happen a lot. Like, she has already started another relationship. Is it reasonable to try to make this one work? Which one do you mean by this one? The uh, husband who was killed in action. Uh, I feel like yes, because, you know, you married him and you've been together presumably longer than a year. Yeah, but he's dead as far as you're concerned. But he's back. (laughs) And he's not a zombie. (laughs) Which, you know, normally doesn't need to be something you preface with, but supernatural (laughs) does need to be a thing. I I don't know. And And I understand that, but once you start to move on with your life, you don't know this person anymore. This person doesn't know you anymore. That's true. And I guess it depends on how 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 impacted. long he was gone. Yeah, and how then... long he was gone, how impacted he was by his amnesia, how impacted he was by, you know, whatever war he was in and combat and stuff. And so I guess it, it would really depend on those factors. At least for me. I don't know. Like I not to sound heartless. Like, I come from a military family. Do not scare me. <laughs> but 
I would be like, eh. like, one, you had amnesia. You've been gone at the bare minimum a year that I presumed you were dead. I have moved on with my life. And I understand why she was like, I have to give this a chance because this is my husband and I love him. But I don't know. And maybe that's because yeah, that I am be, a... Hmm. That would be really difficult. Especially so, like, from his perspective, he's had amnesia for a year and he just shows up and his wife has a new guy. Holy crap, what do I do with this? But, you know, from her perspective, it's he's been dead for at least a year. At the very, and very least And knows how long he's been gone. Yeah. So, I want to assume that he's been dead for... He's been presumed dead for about two years. And at that point, I would definitely be like, you know, I don't, I'd be willing to maybe like give it a chance to kind of start over, not immediately assuming husband, but like, hey, let's just go get dinner. No, you can't stay in my house and no, you're not going to be sleeping with me. I don't know if I'll <laughs> let this guy do it either, but I'll give you a little bit of a chance to see if we can rekindle what we had because mm -hmm. they didn't end on like bad terms. It wasn't like a breakup. Well, true. They didn't end. So I will give you that. I, I will give you that option. Were you surprised that the husband had a conversation with Sam? Do you remember the conversation the husband had with Sam? Not really. He was basically like, um, I love my wife. I know that somewhere inside she loves me. You just got to give us a chance, man. I need you to step away. Oh, yeah, the usual, it's my girl, go away. Yeah. No. Well, no, because he was like, I understand that she, he was really understanding about it. I will give him that. He was like, I understand that you were there for her when she thought I was dead. But I like he came to him man to man, and I respect that. He was like, because she was horrible. She was sneaking out <laughs> to go see Sam. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty bad. I gotta say. Like, and the husband was like, I understand that you had something while I was away, but you gotta give us a fair chance to see where we stand. Like, or you have to come in and basically claim her, but I would prefer that you give us a fair chance. Yeah, I think it's fair. I mean, I do think they deserve a fair chance because, honestly, like, as I said, I think it'd be at least somewhere to start. It doesn't need to be immediately in the house, raising a family. Hey, it's my dog. I'm back here. As if I never left. No, because, you know, to her, you did leave. You were gone. And you have to understand that. So yeah, she probably still loves you, but she loves what she had with you, not what she has now with you, which is forever changed. So also, try to start again. Don't start where you left off. Side note, it was very weird to me that they were a military family and she had no kids. Because in general, military families tend to pop out kids as soon as they, well, can. As soon as they get together, they're popping out kids. Yeah, I mean, you know. Distance makes the heart go fonder, right? Right. Like, as soon as they come back together, they're like, oh, who needs these condoms? Oh, <laughs> uh, that's not funny. I love you, military people. Thank you for your service. <laughs> Episodes that you want to talk about, Adelaide. <laughs> I was busy choking on water <laughs> as you were saying that. <laughs> Okay. Um, I think I'm good. Um, <laughs> uh, did you want to cover um, as time goes by first, or did you want me to cover? Uh, Dealer's choice. Okay, cool. Um, I'll start with Bitten just because it's episode four and it comes first. Yay, chronologically. Um, 
So that's the episode where uh, it's it's filmed somewhat differently. It's filmed as in, as if like a um, kind of like the Ghostbusters episode was, where you've got different perspectives and you've got these three film students. Uh, I have to look up their names because God forbid I remember names. Uh, Brian, Michael, and Kate, and they're all like living together. They're all students in the same area. They're all studying the same thing, and uh, Michael, the kind of jock-ish one, the alpha male, if if you please, er, I guess you could say that. Um, gets bitten by a werewolf and he believes he's transforming into like a superhero because he doesn't know what's going on and he's read too many comic books like the rest of us and uh event and brian the somewhat weaker one is jealous uh because he loves kate and he wants to have kate for himself and eventually yes yeah it's so funny the tropes don't we love tropes (laughs) (laughs) why couldn't the jock be jealous of the nerd or something yeah i know right well I'm going to go massively off topic on that. It's still different forms of alpha masculinity if you look at it because you have the alpha male which is you know the jock alpha male is the the physical prowess but then you have the nerd alpha male which is supposed to be the mental prowess and it's there's still the same stupid masculine or weak you know the overly masculine trope it's just overly masculine dominance it's just like in different variations it's just different variations they're two different beasts but they're still kind of the same thing fun fact the person who actually coined the term alpha male spent the rest of their life like trying to get it dispelled from the dictionary yeah well i mean it's fake so Mm -hmm. in actual in uh, actual animal circles it doesn't actually like that's not how it works but humans are the worst yeah but humans are dumb so (laughs) i'm the alpha now (laughs) as you can see by supernatural with their alpha vampires and alpha werewolves like no that's not a thing chill um wherever i was on that topic um yeah the um so brian goes and finds the or finds out that the werewolf that bit um his alpha male buddy is uh their film teacher and he is a special werewolf that is a pure blood werewolf, and he retains the ability. He retains his mind when he transforms, so he can choose who he attacks, or he can choose who he doesn't. He's not this mindless beast that's out for blood. And he convinces him to bite him and turns himself into a werewolf. And he confronts Michael about it, and in an effort to win Kate's heart, he kills Michael and then turns Kate against her will. Consent uh, matters, cons- folks. Consent yes. matters. Consent massively matters. Because she makes a huge protest about how she doesn't want to be part of this, and he turns her anyway. And he, uh, she then turns around and kills him, leaving all of this for Sam and Dean to find in an edited film, and says that she's going to go uh, live off of animal hearts, and she's not going to harm any humans. And following that, they decide to let her go. Because at this point, she hasn't killed anybody that was human. She's only killed a werewolf, and she's going to just live off animal hearts, and she has control of herself. Um, I was very detailed. What did you think of all that? Honestly, I think that, one, the nerd was a jerk. But they're always jerks in the movie. Like, they're either the jerk or they're the guy who you don't notice, but you're supposed to fall in love with. Why couldn't he just be a normal human being who's like, yeah, this is my friend. I am not going to do this to her because this is a massive life change. I was so mad about that scene. Like, So mad. It was a massive life altering. And then 
she has to kill you now because you're awful. You're an awful human being and a va- was, awful vampire. I was very glad she killed him. Not gonna lie. I, I I saw it as a parallel to rape anyway, so I was glad that she turned around and, you know, ripped him apart. Mm, 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 mm. I feel like I feel like they unintentionally did it. I don't know yeah. if they like I don't know if they meant that to be a parallel of rape, but it felt very rapey. Yeah, it did. And I, I feel like we say that a lot in supernatural. That's because it has primarily male writers and they don't <laughs> seem to understand that. <sighs> yes, I'm throwing shade at them, that's fine. <laughs> continue um so i think the important part of that episode other than the the you know consent matters that's important hold on to that that's the main thing you want to take away from this episode um but it establishes the lore that there are monsters out there that are pure bloods that can control themselves and it establishes that gray area that i am so obsessed with in supernatural and um that it also, contrary to what Sam has been like with Benny out there, it shows them letting a werewolf, you know, live. She doesn't go out and start killing things. He, they're trusting her to act according to humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else that you want to talk about about this episode? Uh, no, it does set up a little bit for future episodes, which is probably important, but eh. Okay. Next episode. Yeah. I'll have you do that one though. Um, that was uh time after time. Uh time goes by, I think. Uh oh no, it was LARP. Oh, LARP. Did you want to cover LARP? Uh we I, I don't really <sighs> Yeah, okay. Well I mean since we mentioned it, we kinda have to. Well now <laughs> we do. LARP is um, Charlie, so that's fine. Uh Felicia Day is in this and she keeps popping up like eh. this was convenient though and I will excuse it she's not reached rose levels of pop up however we find out that she has been taken by the fairy gilda and the fairy gilda is a still is a uh a killer and they're casting a spell and blah 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 um, this guy's trying to win Charlie's heart, but he doesn't know that she's a lesbian because why would you? Like, as a lay person, I... <sighs> yes, I believe secret lesbian power not being not falling into the trap. <laughs> um, but ultimately, Charlie destroys the spell book that he was using. And Jerry is, and she's free from Jerry. So the fairy is upset and offers Sam and Dean's help if they ever need it. Did they ever use this fairy help? No, and I just realized that because that probably would have been a big help in a lot of situations. <laughs> I was literally thinking the same thing. Like, okay, you have a fairy helping you, but like, what? But then again, how do you like call a fairy? Like, is it clap your hands and make a wish, or... I want to say you probably... I mean, like, I don't want to get out there, because I, I know that Fae lore, if, they, if you insult them, they will come after you. But you could probably... I have a feeling you could get their attention. Like, there are different ways, according to various Fae lore, and they held to Celtic beliefs, looking at their symbols that they used. So there's mm. probably a way. And even then, 
They have how many books at their disposal that they could probably figure it out? Sam has the internet if you don't want to go buy books. Mm. Hmm. Um, did you like this episode? I did. Uh, I love Charlie. So, uh, almost any episode with her in it, I'm very happy. Uh, I agree. I did like Charlie. I thought she was fun and entertaining. I appreciate Felicia, Felicia Day because I've seen the vast majority of her things. <laughs> um, and hmm? I I appreciate the um the reference to LARPing in there. I was never really into it, but I liked that they showed it, and they showed kind of like the culture that goes on around it. And, and I liked how into it, it she as, was. Yeah, they didn't show it as super nerdy like most people do. Yes, that's exactly why I liked it. <laughs> um, and let's talk about as time goes by, which we meet the men of letters, and we also meet Sam and Dean's long lost grandfather Henry Winchester. And he tells them that they're a secret guard of the um, books and knowledge. And he was so disappointed that his son became a hunter and not a man of letters. And to be like, so, like he was like, I can't believe my son isn't a, a man of letters. Like, how dare you be disappointed in me, sir? Like, like he's already dead. Come on. Yeah, and then he was surprised that he was dead. He's like, I can't believe it, blah, blah, blah. And you don't know anything about your family. And Henry is constantly clashing with Dean. And Sam is just sitting there, like, blowing him every chance he gets. <laughs> the men of letters sound amazing. And Dean's like, no, hunters are amazing. We are out there every day, like, putting our lives on the line. You just sat around and read books. And Sam is like, that's, like, exactly what I want to do. Like, <sighs> the worst. Like, <laughs> at every, <laughs> every chance to disappoint me, Sam has. He takes it. What are your thoughts, Elaine? Uh, on the one hand, I actually really like the idea of an organization like that. I like the Men of Letters. However, I kind of want them to like do both, where they train for hunting and they, you know, they have the knowledge to use the, while on the hunt. I feel like they're splitting them down the middle too much, where it's like they they do the thing I was just talking about, where they have either the physical prowess or the mental prowess, and you know, in life you need both. Especially when you're a hunter and you're dealing with demons that can kick your ass on a daily basis. You should probably have both. Well, the, my problem with the Men of Letters was that they didn't they looked at hunters as beneath them rather than a co-equal branch. Yeah, that's my problem too, which is what, like, they split them too much. And they split the, and I guess they like doing this a lot, they split the brothers down the middle again. This is, you know, happens every season. And, um... It's just, well, you know. they were literally from purgatory, so. <laughs> it's just, in general, like, you need you need both. And I understand that they have the two branches there, but, I don't know, Bobby was kind of the man of letters to them. So they, they should have some appreciation for it, too. Well, Probably I think. the appreciation that Sam had, but. Again, Sam was basically blowing his grandfather. So, there's that. Have fun with that mental image, folks. <laughs> I didn't have a mental image until you said that. But um, we also find out that Abaddon shows up in this season, and she kills all of the Men of Letters because they decide they're going to try to lock her up 
and they took on a big bad that was bigger and badder than they expected. So I was very much like, this is what you get. Yeah, that sounds about right. When you have <laughs> all of... See, that's the problem. When you need you need the practical knowledge and the physical ability if you're going to start dealing with something that powerful. You can't just have the the theoretical knowledge of it. Mm. Oh, fun fact. Abaddon is one of the Knights of Hell, one of the original um, beings that Lucifer created. Uh, that's a reference to Azazel. Wasn't he a knight? Yes. Yeah. They all had um, yellow eyes or different color eyes or something. I can't remember. Because I know I Azazel had yellow, yellow eyes. Yeah, he was the yellow-eyed demon, and I can't remember if I can't remember what Abaddon had, but I feel like they I all had yellow it. eyes. So. I think they do too, but now, like now, I gotta Google it. <laughs> um, but ultimately, uh, Sam and Dean save the day. They decap- decapitate her and dismember her and bury her in pieces indefinitely. And Henry dies in his grandson's arms. Because that's exactly like the irony of that. Like <laughs> to have your family. Also, fun fact: Why didn't Sam and Dean send them a letter? Like, hey, he didn't abandon you. Yeah, that would have been nice. And like, the thing that gets me is John knew nothing of this. John knew nothing. I assume. Uh, at this point, because he has a son. Like, Henry's son is born. He knows about this. I assume that his mother is somehow involved in this life. Because you can't be... I don't know. You can't really be married to somebody like this. You can't have a kid with someone like this and them anticipating raising them into this life, into the Men of Letters, and not know. You can. It's, people have secret societies all the time. So, in my head, that's what this was. All right. I guess it was. It is a secret society. That is the reference they're making. But... And it's also like the 1950s where women didn't have a voice. So even if he was gone at all times of the day and night, what are you going to do about it, Margaret? Leave me? Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! That's a really good point. I still feel like, like she's still, I don't know. I feel like on some level, something, she would have known something. But we never see her, so. Like... That's true. She's just a womb that birthed John Winchester. And she's also a woman in 1950s, so... So yeah, she's just a womb that exists to birth children in 1950s, because that's what we were. Yay. I wonder what she did after John, like, after the... Because they didn't have a, like... Did they have a life insurance policy on him? Because that wouldn't have claimed out immediately. Especially since he time-traveled. How do you deal with that? Like, well, they buried him near his friends, but, like, they would forever just think that he left them and never came back one day. Yeah, that he just disappeared, which is what John thought. That he just abandoned him. Like, in, in the 19th, I don't know. Because it's just, what did she do to support herself as a woman in 1950s who thinks her husband abandoned her? Possibly remarried. I don't think so, because John never mentioned a, 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 a man. A stepfather. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're looking too much into this, but that, yeah, I don't probably. know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's, she had some family inheritance or something. I don't know. Well, he he was sharp. I liked him. But, like, he, did he look like he was from money? Not like, a usually, lot of money, but he had enough to, like, to get by. Because usually the family would take care of her, but, like, if the family thought that he abandoned them, 
they would assume it was her fault. Right? I don't know. I feel like, you know, like 1800s, yeah, that would have been their first thought. I don't know about 1950s, though. Hmm. Uh, anyway, anything else that you want to talk about about this episode? No idea. <laughs> <laughs> um. So let's get back to the season where Castiel is eventually returned from purgatory because a mysterious new angel just pops in and has taken control of heaven. She is from deep inside of heaven, apparently a part of heaven that no one noticed while they were in the Civil War. Because that sounds logical. And she puts heaven completely under her control, and she orders Cassiel to spy on the Winchesters. Did you like this new angel who no one knew about during the Civil War? No, she scares me. She reminds me of Umbridge, and it freaks me out. Minus the pink. She just, she has that, like, lawful evil nature about her that just freaks me out. My problem was, where did she come from, and how did no one realize she was there during the Civil War? Like, how did she take over heaven in uh, almost an instant? Yet, Castiel and Raphael were fighting about a year for control of heaven. And who knows how time moves in heaven anyway. True. So, it was just a lot that I had questions about. Like, because where was she hiding that no one knows who she is? And, like, can I say her name? Yeah. Because you didn't mention it. Okay. This is really really dumb on my part but it's always the little details that drive me insane and the fact that everybody has these these grand they don't have grand names but they have themed names like Castiel and like most of them end with that same sort of syllable I felt like Naomi was almost too much of a normal name that was almost too human and for some reason that bothered me that is true most of them have the L They have that ethereal sound to them. And mm -hmm. Naomi, no offense to anybody named Naomi, I actually think it's a great name. It just doesn't fit with the rest of the established lore that the angels had. Hmm, That's true. Um, Anyway, moving right along. I appreciated that Cassiel came to them and instantly was like, yeah, she told me to spy on you. Um, And apparently she rescued me. I don't know what her motives are. Cassiel did something right. Apparently. Um, Amelia returns to Sam yet again, like, because she cannot resist the Winchester dick. And Sam is like, no, we're no good for each other. We can't keep doing this. You have someone you care about. And ultimately ends their relationship for good. Were you surprised by this? No, because you really, like, this was, this is the season of cop-outs, and this was one for me, where it was just, she has her husband there. And it's giving, it's giving her a chance to not die by association to one of the Winchesters. <laughs> and this is the way she doesn't die. She just goes to have her be with her husband instead. It's this boring. And in all honesty, I will say this. I think that the husband 
is the we already said the husband's the main reason that Sam did this, not for morality, not because he's a good person. He did this because the husband was like, I'm coming to man to man. Like I almost died. I could have died. The least you can do since I fought for this country is give me back my wife. <laughs> and it felt it was a cop out because it doesn't allow her the choice to become a responsible for her own emotions. She is just a toy to be passed from person to person. See, that's exactly what I was about to say is that it's those two deciding for her. And that bothers me because she wants Sam. That's very clear. She wants Sam. And, you know, that's just as much as we want to, you know, harp on that whole magical Winchester dick that they seem to be flaunting around all the time. <laughs> it's just, it's clear that that's what she wants. And she should be able to make that choice. If so be it, it makes her kind of a jerk. But if that's her choice, then that's her choice. She doesn't, you don't get to make that decision for her. Or at least she can say, I have to try to work things out with my husband, even though I love you. Here's one last kiss before you go. Kiss? Really? Like, I probably would have appreciated that more than what we actually saw. Adelaide? Yeah, you cut out a little bit. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> I would have appreciated that more than, like, what we... I, appre- I would have appreciated her saying, here's one last kiss before we part. I'm going to be with my husband because my morals or because I feel guilt or because of a variety of reasons that don't involve sex. When it was pretty clear, it was, a lot- it was mostly about sex. But <laughs> I really, yeah, I would have preferred that because... It would have given her the agency, and instead it was just about these two guys deciding what deciding what to do with her, who got to keep her. I'm sorry. Um, I'm not a cat. You don't keep me. <laughs> um, Ultimately, uh, while this is happening, Benny helps Dean by dying and returning to purgatory. To help Sam and Bobby pass through purgatory to Earth. And subsequently chooses to stay there. Even though Sam, who was against Benny. This would have been a great moment for Sam's development. If Benny was like, okay, let me go back. And Sam was like, no, you belong here or something. I would have loved that. And I remember the first time I watched it, I was expecting that. Because it it would make sense. This is my problem with this season. It does not follow through with anything it sets up. No, it doesn't. It just, this is the season of cop-outs. It has some really good episodes in it, and it establishes some good lore, but it also, like, it writes itself out of situations that it didn't even need to be in. Mm-hmm. Because the reality was, even though Benny had already said he wanted to stay, it would have been interesting if he had learned to live outside. And then as he's trying to leave, Sam is like, only monsters, um... Only monsters belong in purgatory, so you're staying. I'm not taking you with me. And then that was a whole big thing with Sam and Dean. Because yeah, that would have been fantastic. Yeah. But they didn't do it. They copped out, and Bobby passed on to the other side. And Sam got to be a normal person who did nothing that he set up to do. Like, he, he was completely brought out. <sighs> then Kevin finally translates the, the t- uh, tablet, and we see the three trials for stealing health. 
kill a hellhound and bathe in its blood. Which, why do you have to bathe in things blood in most demonic rituals? The blood of a virgin. The blood of a whore. The blood, like, come on. And gotta ask, why is it always virgin or whores? Like, because women are only in two versions of themselves. Apparently. (laughs) And, like, maybe it's some sort of weird obsession with menstruation. Is that it? Do you guys not get that and you assume (laughs) bleeding, that that is something with that? We can give you lessons if you need it. <laughs> um, free an innocent soul from hell, who turns out to be Bobby because they're mad at Bobby for helping the Winchesters and like slaying demons. Apparently, much to my surprise, Bobby was actively out there slaying um demons at some point in his life, and they were still holding the grudge. <laughs> And that surprises me because we only ever see him like sitting at his desk with books and phones and and then we see him complaining about not being able to get back out in the field and then when he is able to get back out in the field he doesn't. Mhm. So it's hilarious. And the final ingredient that they need is to cure a demon and they choose to cure Crowley. Were you surprised by this decision? A little bit because he's the king of hell and maybe you should start smaller. Maybe on something a little bit more recently demon instead of something that you know has been a demon for a very long time. It's probably harder to turn him. The pickpocket of hell. Yeah, really. (laughs) Just go grab the artful dodger that's running around and and turn him. Um, We also have Kevin who is... No, not Kevin. We're done with Kevin. Bye, Kevin. The Winchesters that Castiel learned from Meg before she's killed by Crawley, that the angel tablet that Naomi tries to have Castiel steal is out and about in the world. Ultimately, Castiel resists and flees from everyone. Like, why is Castiel constantly running away? I don't know. Maybe it's a bird thing. <laughs> Can it... Is he, like... Are angels, like, part bird? I mean, they've got the feathered wings, right? <laughs> Because, like, every chance he gets, Castiel is like, flee, flee! Like, I hate myself for what I'm about to say. But he's very flighty. (laughs) Uh, I enjoy Castiel. I find him entertaining. But Castiel, I would not want to go into a fight with Castiel. No, because he's not coming back. (laughs) He's going to get spooked like a pigeon and fly away. I just went to go get help for you guys, okay? Yeah, but you took like a week and I had to fight the thing off myself, so I don't care. (laughs) When he finally comes back after you went to go find out what happened to him. (laughs) I brought help. Yeah, great. The fight was three months ago, man. Come on. (laughs) I get that you're an angel and you have a weird sense of time, but come on. Mm, 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 mm. Um, Sam and Dean encounter their grandfather. We talked about that. Blah, blah, blah. Abaddon is the name of the demon, and she is a knight of hell, among the oldest and most powerful demons, blah, blah, blah. Henry is killed, blah, blah, blah. Trials. Okay. So, as they're in the middle of the trials, Sam and Dean encounter an angel named Metaton, who is a scribe of God and the creator of the tablet. And he reveals the nature of the angel tablet to Castiel, to seal heaven and his angels, and works with Castiel to fulfill this mission. So... My first thought in the scene was, okay, if Cassiel is working with him, this guy's evil. That should not have been my first thought. (laughs) 
But that was my first thought. What were I you agree. Th- that was the exact place I went to. I was like, I don't trust this guy. And also because his name is Metatron. And I understand. Yes, that is the accurate name. I get that. I know that. It doesn't fit the theme that they've established. I understand that's his canonical name. It doesn't mean it, bu- it doesn't bug me, though. <laughs> well, did you like that there was a scribe of God? Uh, yes, because, you know, that there's scribes everywhere. You need somebody to write down the history, right? I appreciated Metatron. Because he was very honest, and he was like, yeah, I was a scribe of God, but God, like, being in his presence was amazing, and to be without that is, like, the losing the sun. Like, I was closest to him. I was the one that, like, recorded all his messages and words. No one else understood. Like, he was a crazy girlfriend. Yes, he was. (laughs) No one else understands God like I do. You'll never understand. like humans say that too actually uh but at least he had a moment where he was actually having conversation with god like people is very much a one-way street like you have to walk on faith not by sight whereas metatron's like i see you i see you we're talking right like what else do you want what you're telling (laughs) what what other notes do you want me to put on this like (laughs) by the way dude stone you had to pick stone uh Oh, that just reminds me of uh, what is the Ten Commandments? The fact that wh- who was the Ten Commandments? Do you remember? No, not at all. I don't remember the name. But the fun fact about that is the first set of tablets broke on his way down the hill. So he was like, "So God, I dropped the tablets. Can I have some more?" <laughs> See, like, had you used paper, wouldn't have broken. <laughs> and you could fold it in your pocket and not drop it. And the funniest part was he said he didn't remember if those were the exact same commandments. As the initial ones. (laughs) (laughs) Because it took so long to recommission. Which makes me think that he basically just wrote the tablets himself and was like, yeah, this is about right, God. Yeah, this is what I had. (laughs) It's fine. Same thing. Paraphrased. I wrote it once. I can write it again. Just, you know, it's it's a little more streamlined this time. (laughs) Instead of the whole list that you had, I just narrowed it down to the 10 most important. The other ones, who cares? (laughs) <laughs> exactly. I don't remember what they were, but if I don't remember, they're not important. Uh, I'm a Christian. Don't 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 sell me. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, <laughs> um, Crowley begins killing Sam and Dean's friends. Um, and ultimately, Sam and Dean decide to give up. I am sorry. But if I'm a hunter and you're a hunter and you die from a demon, even if it's my fault, I would just pretend that it was yours. Like, what about you, Adelaide? <laughs> yeah, I kind of agree. Just because, like, there's so many demons in the world, I'm not going to rise to their bait. Like, but that's it, what they want me to do. I'm not going to do that. Right. Like, why would I run to you? To stop you from dying when I already know that they are going to try to kill me. Yeah, they're trying to draw me out. I'm not going to do that. I'm sorry that you have to be the sacrifice for it. But, you know, that's not inherently my fault. That's You are doing. a demon hunter. Like, Well, one, I assume you can handle yourself fairly well. And two, like, I'm not at fault for their actions. Let's just put that out there. I exist just because I exist and I pissed them off. That doesn't mean I'm at fault for when they kill you. That's not my fault. That's not my problem. 
Like the only the only ones that I probably would have accepted is if it was Jessica and Ben. Simply because they don't remember Dan anymore. So they wouldn't even know what this whole situation was about. Yeah, see that I can understand. That one I could see him going for. But killing off another like other hunters, I'd be like, no, because they're capable of defending themselves. Also, why isn't anyone attacking Jessica and Ben now? I have no idea. Like, I would have off them as soon as I could or use them as bait for Dean. Like, this is epic. This is epic bait that no one is taking. Well, that and, like, this is this is really nitpicky. I'm sorry. Ben and Benny, guys, can how many <laughs> Jessicas have you had? How many Bens are you going to throw out there? Amy and Amelia. Yeah. All of those. Come on. Come on. Can we open up a different name book, please? Uh, in the season finale. Oh, anything else that you want to say about that? Uh, no, I'm fine. Um, in the season finale, Sam and Dean manage to capture Crowley and use him for the last trial. They cure him and Naomi comes rushing in. You've been tricked, she shouts. Metatron is trying to um break heaven and cause all the angels to fall out. And if Sam completes the trial, he'll die. I was like, okay. It doesn't matter if he dies at this point. How many? We're season eight. He's died at least four times already. Exactly. You can't threaten me with death of, of the Winchesters at this point because I don't believe you. <laughs> They're not going to stay dead. Go ahead. Kill them. See if I can. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I feel like that would be, like, that would be my attitude. I I don't have a sibling, but if someone I care about keeps dying and coming back, I'm not even crying over you anymore. I'm just going to be sitting there waiting for you to come back with a beer. I know, right? I'm just going to be like, all right, I've got a beer. I've got a book on how to bring you back. I'm just going to keep trying this. And, like, I know, like, I'm sorry, man. You're great. But you've come back, like, four times. I'm not worried anymore. Also, side note, when Dean came back, I would have asked for a refund on my casket and the plot and the headstone. Like he's alive now. Can I just get this money back though? That would be such an awkward conversation. To <laughs> have. Or do you like dig it up and just throw it in your basement until, <laughs> until the next one. And then you do it again. And then you get the next one. It's a reusable coffin, which is a phrase I never wanted to say in my life. <laughs> but yes. Were you surprised that, like, Naomi came rushing in, like, no, this isn't what it's supposed to do, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Naomi freaks me out, so anytime she's around, I'm just like, please go away. I don't trust anything you have to say. You freak me out on so many levels. She had the, she was the one, am I jumping, I might be jumping ahead here. She was the one with the somewhat weird, like, torture memory wash scene for yeah. Castiel. Oh, with the eye. Oh, it was too much. No. I didn't like that. That was too Well, yeah, this is the end of the season, so it doesn't matter. Like, if I didn't mention it, it's fine. Oh, it was just, it was too close to, like, being in a, like, a dental chair, and, oh, it was horrible. What kind of dentist do you have where they're shoving things in your eye? I don't know. It's the same (laughs) basic thing where you're in this horrible, sterile, white environment with uh, horrible, horrible, pokey things going towards your face. I don't like that. I don't have that fear. Like, I don't care. Like, I'm always in my dentist chair. Like, hey, check out this too, too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't. I hate it. Um, da, 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 da. Dean finds Sam and they have an emotional breakdown and they make up for their years of mistakes. I love you. I love you too. Oh, Sam. Oh, Dean. 
Sam passes out and Metatron betrays Castiel. Yet again. Castiel, you betrayed me. So like <laughs> We love our naive little son, a little innocent angel. He's he's very trusting, but he's kinda slow. I don't know, ultimately because as an angel, it's very interesting how often they lie. I know, right? If we're like, <laughs> like it like cause Cassiel is like, I don't lie, I don't do this, I don't do that. Every other angel, I feel like Castiel is the anomaly here. I, I do too. I feel like Castiel is what everybody expects an angel to be, and Castiel himself is like, I am the perfect angel, and then uh, said legitimately instead of being sarcastic there. <laughs> and uh, everybody, every other angel's like, I don't get that weirdo. <laughs> um, we also find that Castiel uh, has his grace taken and is now a human. What happens to his human whose body he sold? I assume he's dead. I just assume he's dead at this point. Because otherwise, the alternative is he is trapped in his own mind, which can only be a personal form of hell that I would not want to experience. And ultimately, what happens if your body... I think we had this conversation, but what happens if your body is taken over? Like, do you automatically get a free ride to heaven? Like... If I if you allow an angel to take over your body under the terms that they don't take over your daughter's body, like this is blackmail. What are we doing here? Yeah, I was just about to say. Well, that's kind of a low bar, but <laughs> I assume just the presence of allowing an angel to possess you is, hey, cool. Here's your free ticket to heaven. Don't sell it. Like, how would it? It'd be hilarious if you got to the pearly gates and they were like, "Yeah, so we we got the whole angel thing, but you know, you lied in third grade, so hell for you." <laughs> how dare you not share your gummy worms with Timmy? <laughs> <sighs> um, da 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 da. And moments later, after Cassiel loses his grace, all of the angels fall from heaven across the earth. And Sam, Dean, Kevin, Cassiel, and Crowley watch helplessly as the angels plummet. And heaven is locked up forever. Hold on! Okay, I need to make a note of this for another season. Because I'm just realizing that heaven was supposed to be locked forever. What was your thought, Adelaide? That's kind of awkward for them. Adelaide? I, you cut out again. What were your thoughts on this this um, final season? I mean, that's... On the one hand, I kind of wanted to see more, like, angels falling. Not as, like, falling stars, but as, as like, something else. Because that would have been cool. But Well, remember, it wasn't a lot of angels because there was a civil... Like, angel population... I don't know why demons didn't just raid heaven at that point. Because angel population was just... Every other day, they were losing mass amounts to civil war. Then they were falling from heaven. Then it's just uh, Cassiel basically was killing anybody when he was God. Like, and you know that on the note of angel populations, that does come up in a later season. So, future podcasts. <sighs> um, anything else that you want to talk about about this season? Um. The Hellhound, if we can address that, because I was very happy to finally see one, if somewhat let down by the appearance. Yeah, I think it, I think my imagination was better, so I would have preferred that only one person could see it and we weren't that person. So yeah, I feel like I would have been upset if they'd 
given Dean the glasses to be able to see it and then not shown us. I would have been like, wow, CG <laughs> department needs more funding, guys. Come on. Well, it is a CW show. That is true, but still. I love that CW just has a whole thing about not being properly funded. <laughs> uh, anything else writers, that you... but you need to pay your CG department a little bit more. Um, anything else that you want to talk about? Um, know, about this season? Uh, questions, comments, concerns? No, I'm good. Um, thank you guys for listening to a... Oh. Oh, okay. So this is a fun fact. Sierra Gramble, who we mentioned in a previous season, she took over as the showrunner once the what Kripke left. Well, yeah. this this season she left the show to develop another project, and the <laughs> writer Jeremy Carver took over as the showrunner for the eighth season. And this was a. Uh, Jensen Ackles directed the first episode to be produced for this season, but it was the third to air. You cut out there. Which episode? The Trials and Era, the 13th episode. I'm not scrolling to find the summary of that one to figure out which one it was. <laughs> um, But yeah, those are some fun facts. Um, Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Beats of the Machine Supernatural Edition. I was your host, Jasmine, and we had Adelaide with us, and you can find me at Overpower Entertainment. Mm. You can find the site at overpowerentertainment.com. You can follow us on Facebook. Twitter is Real OP Tweets. You can follow Adelaide at OP Addy. You can follow me at OP Jasmine. And that is it. Please leave your questions, comments, or concerns in the description, I mean, in the comment section. Um, if there's anything else that you want to cover, please let us know. And feel free to check out our many other podcasts. Doctor Who, Supernatural, uh, Batman Day, we have something coming up. Or did have something. I don't know when this is coming out. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>